Hey, this is Blake from the Gig Harbor Fly Shop and welcome to this episode of the Gig Harbor Fly Cast. Now, if you've ever stepped foot into our shop, you probably have met Doug. Doug has been on staff with us now for probably six years and is our shop manager. He's there quite a bit and he's super helpful, loves to help customers. And I'm guessing if you've been in the shop, he has helped you out. Today, I sit down with Doug and we have a great conversation about a couple of fish that he caught for the first time very recently. But before we jump into that conversation, I wanna let you know about just a couple things really quick. And the first one is our intro to fly fishing class. We have taught thousands of people how to fly fish and our intro to fly fishing class last year got a massive upgrade. We used to just do an in-person class and it was like drinking from a fire hose. But now we've set it up with an online platform that walks you through four hours of content that you can do at your own pace. And then once you finish the video series with all of that information, there's an opportunity to sign up for a group class that's in person. We meet at the shop for the group group class. It's a three hour class. We go down to the park. We work on casting, but also we get to work on some other really important presentation techniques and skills. It's a great way to learn how to fly fish. If you have not taken any sort of thing like that in the past, just trying to learn off of YouTube can be really frustrating as you just search around looking for information. We have it all right here in one spot. The class starts at just 50 bucks. So check that out. The information is on our website. We have links in the show notes as well in the, as the description on YouTube. If you are listening to this podcast episode on a podcast app, I just want to let you know that we video all of these as well, and they are on our channel on YouTube. So you can check out the video uh, feature as well. Or if you're on YouTube and you want to download it on uh, your favorite podcast app, Hey, by, by all means, we just want to be helpful and get you stoked to be out on the water. We have taught so many anglers this year about spay casting. It, I don't know what the deal was. We, we usually have quite a few anglers, but this year it was like two or three times back in November and December and January. We had so many different classes. Well, I'm assuming that there's still some other people out there that didn't get a chance to jump into those classes with us. And so we have some intro to spay casting classes coming up very soon. So make sure to check out our website for that information. Okay, and now without any more delay, let's jump into our conversation with Doug Faust. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Gig Harbor Flycast. And I'm sitting down with Doug Faust and he's our shop manager. And recently he went to Mexico with us and, uh, and so, wanted to chat with him about some firsts that he had out fishing and so doug welcome to the podcast like this is great having you on on it on it it's kind of weird because a lot of times i get to sit down and interview different guests that i don't get to see that often or really know that well or anything like that but doug and i spend a lot of time together and um and so, yeah, so it's great to have you. So, um, so March, we were just talking about this. March was an incredible month because you got to check a couple boxes that of fish that you have never caught before. So, uh, maybe, I don't know, we can kind of go, uh, sequential through this thing. So tell us about, uh, some of these, these events that happened in March for you. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, thank you for having me for one. And uh, yeah, I mean, I got to go go to Mexico for the second time. So I had already caught a tarpon uh, on the last trip to Hobosh. Uh, and that was my first tarpon, my first introduction to, to tropical saltwater fishing. And uh, then uh, this time, I mean, the, 
There were a lot of firsts this time. I uh, I caught my first ladyfish. I got shots at permit, which was something I did not expect. And something as an angler, I was like, I didn't think I'm on that level yet. And I mean, I was showed I'm not, but <laughs> but but it was it was it was an awesome experience, and it was really cool to just see those fish. And and I got to see one get caught. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, and then uh, so then I got my first bonefish on this trip and that i mean for one just seeing those seeing the pods of the pod of bonefish that we're casting to was was cool to get to see what that was like in real life and then to have that fish take the fly and i mean both you and the guide were just set 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 (laughs) and like as soon as the line went tight it just took off and like it i mean that I haven't had any other fish I've caught do that. Just that straight beeline away from you, just ripping line off the reel on a nine weight with the drag set. And yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good size bone fish too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that makes that fish even more special is that in Hobosh, Hobosh is really known for tarpon fishing and there's, there's snook there. There's Jack Raval. Um, but it's not, there's permit there as well, but it's not known as a bonefish uh, fishery. That There's not really a lot of bonefish there. They they had been overfished by commercial fishing and pretty much had been wiped out. And now they're just kind of starting to come back. And so it was really cool to actually find bonefish on a flat uh, that was not that far from Hobosh. It wasn't way wasn't outward like they typically go fish for permit which is like an hour boat ride away it was a little bit closer in and uh and and to see those fish even a couple days in a row that was really cool because it wasn't just like one school of bonefish there was multiple different schools of bonefish and um and it's just amazing how hard a bonefish pulls for how small they are right like oh yeah yeah it's amazing it was the same thing with the jacks the first trip like hey that little fish but that forked tail they just go and it was it was crazy the first one of those i caught too because the first one i caught i couldn't even see and so it had the 10 weight bent over and i'm like i'm you know i have a a snook yeah i have a snooker tarpon on no it's it's 10 inch jack um but yeah that was so those are cool too and i got i saw i saw probably a 25 pound one get missed this time um but it was so cool to see that fish and it was following a um a ray uh, oh the, the, the jack yeah the yeah. yeah the same way the permit were following the rays it's pretty and cool. uh like the the ray did a couple circles so so uh, my boat partner got a couple shots at it but it just didn't it didn't want to fly so pretty cool well with bonefish a lot of times when uh people are brand new to bonefishing we've had them come in the shop and i've talked to them and that you know they're like this is my first trip i'm going bone fishing is it okay if i bring a six weight and you know you mean you can catch a six weight on you can catch a bone fish on a six weight um but typically the flies are weighted and they're a little bit larger um not really anything outside of what we would fish for seabrine cutthroat trout um but it's usually a little bit of a longer cast you're throwing into the wind um you know, so even, you know, those fish we got were not huge bonefish. I mean, they were nice, but like bonefish can get pretty big. Uh, but those were even on a nine weight, right? Yeah. And like, so I think, I mean, really like the secret 
sweet spot, I think, for bonefish is really that seven to eight weight territory. But, you know, when you have a fish just ripping drag, it kind of doesn't matter what what the rod is because it's just going to like, it's just going to pull. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, I mean, I think, I think there would have been wind conditions a few times where, where you would have felt under gun with that six weight, like what we were using was, was right. Like, right. I mean, especially to make the cast as quick as we needed to make them. So uh ladyfish, you caught a ladyfish on that trip as well. First time you caught a ladyfish and a lot of people don't know what a ladyfish are. And I think they remind me of milkfish. I think they might be related to a milkfish. I'm not sure, but our guide he talks about uh, call, he calls them the Yucatan uh, tarpon. Yeah, or Mayan tarpon. The Mayan, tar- Mayan that's what he tarpon. Called. Mayan tarpon, and uh, they jump like a tarpon. They and shake their head and all that kind of stuff. They, I think they respond to the fly and chase the fly a little bit faster than a tarpon does. Um, they're definitely easier to catch, but. It's, yeah. it's fun to catch yeah. a couple of them and then yeah. to move on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're a cool fish just to catch. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was cool there that I would have just wanted to cast to like even the little, little barracuda that you're seeing everywhere. It'd be cool to catch a few of them and then be like, okay, let's move on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> once you've ca- caught like a table length barracuda, you know, like a three or four footer, you know, then you see those other ones and you're like, you just don't even want anything to do. You just want one of the yeah, big yeah, ones. Yeah. Barracudas those are, are, those are smolt instead of. Yeah, right. They're the babies. The Barracuda are definitely a, an over or underrated game fish for sure. Like it's amazing how many people have no interest in trying to catch them. But um, but a large, a large cuda on the fly, on the flats is, it is awesome. And they, they jump and go crazy and they fight hard. And, you know, they can be tricky at times to be able to get to eat. Okay, well. Uh, enough about Kudo. So, Mark, you caught other fish. What What was the other fish that you caught that has been a long time coming? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, going from tropical then to the Olympic Peninsula, I landed my first steelhead on the swing this this March. Yeah, last and, week. Yeah, it's like a like, sixty degree temperature change. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, big temperature <laughs> change. I mean, weather weather was you know typical of the op and. Uh, we got to see a little bit of it all: rain, hail, mist, little sun too, um, and then snow. Um, but yeah, like uh, I mean, I started spay fishing six years ago, and and this, uh, yeah, I mean, this was a and long. You hooked some, yeah, broken some off, or just lost them. But but this one, we finally got in the net. And the interesting thing about this fish too was here we are late March on the peninsula, uh, and it was a it was a hatchery hatchery fish yeah chrome and chrome like he had just entered the, the river she because she was she, still she, full yeah, of eggs sorry, yeah, you she. know and and we saw another uh, guide pass us jim and and uh, we yelled out to him jim we got a we got a hatchery steelhead and, and it's a bright one and he's like so did we <laughs> he holds up this fish and and uh you know it is kind of nice that yours was bigger yeah <laughs> yeah I, that's why i had to hold mine up too <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. but but yeah kind of wild to see uh some hatchery fish out on the peninsula in in later march um i'm curious to talk to the biologists out there about that just f- from a conservation perspective there's the there's the issue of wild fish and hatchery fish and them uh spawning together and so um i'm pretty sure that those fish aren't going to go back to the hatchery (laughs) like they're going to want to tango before before then or in a different part of the river system or something like that but um but yeah so fish on the swing like what was that experience like 
Oh, it's cool. I mean, I've caught, I've done the trout spay game a bit and caught a bunch of fish that way. Um, and it was, it was similar to that, but also not. Like I thought I was hung up for the second time in that run. And then a little bit of line came off the drag and I'm like, well, a rock doesn't do that. <laughs> and then it just started going. And then I did, I, and then I lifted. And as soon as I lifted, that was the first time he jumped. I got to see him out of the water. And I'm like, Oh, nice. Okay. That's a steel head. Like yeah. I'm, I'm good. I just have to keep him on. now. Well, and you did everything right because you know, so, I mean, just after guiding so many different people, uh, swinging flies, if you know, for people that haven't done it before, and this is the same issue we run into down in, in Mexico, right? Like where the fish fish eats and people want to just lift the rod up and do a trout set right away. And, um, and you know, with tarpon fishing, you don't want a trout set and the guide lets you know, <laughs> Yeah. And, but on the, on the swing, it's the same thing, right? We really want that fish. We want that fish to, to take the fly and turn on it. And we want to allow that fly to, to really set into the corner of the mouth as that fish is moving back downstream before we just kind of swing to the bank to get tight to it. Uh, we, you know, we don't want to just you know, do a quick jerk lifting the rod up. Um, I remember the very first steelhead I landed, the, the, the fish was hooked just right on the, the, the lip. I can't even believe that I actually landed the thing. Um, but, but, you know, looking back at that experience years ago, you know, I hooked that fish right there on the front of the lip, right on the nose because I trout set on the thing. I'm sure I, you know, I'm trying to remember back. I don't really remember what I, what actually all happened, but, uh, but I didn't wait, wait for that fish just to turn on it before kind of swinging downstream. I must've lifted up on it and hooked that fish. Um, so steelhead on the swing and now the season closes, um, you know, so now you're going to have to, it closes tomorrow actually. So now you're going to have to wait a little bit to maybe get your next one on the swing, but you know, what are some things that you're looking forward to coming up this, uh, spring, summer, maybe even into the fall as we have, you know, you've already kind of checked a couple things off the box that are pretty cool fishing wise for 2023 and 2023 has just started. You kind of have a, plenty of time this summer to do some other cool stuff. So what, what are you looking forward to? Well, um, I mean, since my time out here, I really haven't uh, taken full advantage of a pink year and this year is a pink year. So I, I, plan on doing that plan on taking the kayaks out i've had client i've had customers offer uh, a place on their boat so i might take advantage yeah. of that too yeah. um but but yeah i'm looking forward to that i've tied some top water stuff i want to i want you know i want to mess around with catching them on di different presentations and um that that's definitely and we're supposed to have a really good coho year so like i definitely plan on being out in the kayaks for that I have uh, a guided trip in Montana planned uh, for June. Uh, Is that on the Blackfoot? Uh, I don't know if I can say where that second oh, one's going to be. Oh, spot. <laughs> yeah. <Secret> spot. Okay. <laughs> it's a spring creek. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. And that's with your dad? Yep. That'll be with my dad. Right on. Uh, yeah. That'll that'll be some dry fly fishing, which will be awesome. Yeah. I'll, like, look forward to that challenge every year. I, I do far less of it here in Washington. Right. I do. Definitely, a, 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 I'm going to get out there and, and I'm going to strip set on a dry fly instead oh, of a drop set. Yeah, yeah you're going to have like 40 pounds of a dry fly <laughs> setting a hook on them. And yeah, I yeah, know salmon fishing. I'm really looking forward to that as well. Uh, and numbers have come out recently. Now, I did review the numbers uh, that um, 
you know, from the estimates and then the actual from this last year. And, you know, it's the numbers are all over the board. And so it's kind of hard to even, um, you know, even, you know, I don't know, like have any expectation of, of reality with when you see the numbers. But but what that does mean is that there will be fishing season and then opportunity. And so uh, so pinks looks like we're supposed to get about four million pinks back to Puget Sound this year. Coho looks like it's about a 10 percent bump over uh, Coho from last year. Kings, it looks like they're um, pretty much on par, maybe a slight little bump. And uh, so Puget Sound, there's going to be a lot of fishing opportunity uh, for those fish. They don't have numbers for chums out quite yet. And then on the coast, Washington coast, uh, looks like numbers are going to be really good out there as well. So I, it's, I think it's indicative of, um, of ocean conditions right now that, um, you know, would be my guess. Uh, I would love to talk to a biologist to hear a little bit more about what, how they're setting those numbers and why they're, uh, estimating those numbers to be up. But I'm excited about it. We're, you know, we love to chase those things all summer. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun to be able to get out. Hope, I mean, hopefully you'll bring me along fishing for pinks in the kayaks. Yeah. Like if you'll have me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll bring yeah. some beer or something. Yeah, yeah. we'll so, have to. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Doug. Next time you're in the shop and you see him, give him a hard time about something. I don't know. Before you go, I just want to have a quick little reminder for our Fly of the Month subscription program. If you haven't heard about Fly of the Month yet, it's pretty incredible. Our Fly of the Month subscription program ships you flies every month and you get flies for either freshwater or Puget Sound saltwater, or you can do a combination of both. We also send along an email that explains how to fish those flies with presentation, but we also talk about where to go. We give you spots on where to go fish. The flies are for that next month. So this is a great way to know what is what is biting when and uh, what to use. So this, uh, we're just trying to help people out by doing this. It eliminates a lot of guesswork. And also if you're new, you just need to have an inventory of flies that are effective. And this is a great way to start building up that inventory. So check out our website for fly of the month information, and hopefully you'll sign up. We also do a giveaway every single month as well. So you, maybe you this next month will be our lucky winner with a bunch of free stuff. Thanks for joining us today on the Gig Harbor Flycast. If you haven't subscribed yet on your podcast app or on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so you get notified about all the other episodes that we have coming out. Thanks. Thanks.